What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Um, so I wasn't sure if he was going to get here on time, but it looks like he is backstage. So I'm going to bring him up first. Um, in the middle of this piece or something, I'm going to go to a piece that we ran on the final um, Driver Nation on Friday, which I think is very important for you guys to see what's going on in a lot of these uh, um, uh, <laughs> markets and uh, what we what some things you should know that are pretty just general. Keep an eye out. Um, the more we know, the better. Um, but before I get into all the, before I get into any last mile stuff and, and him and I might hear, but, uh, I'm bringing on Xander first. Um, if, if you guys know Xander, if you don't, you'll meet him here now. Um, but I'm gonna bring him up because we're going to talk a little bit about something that's going on with checker. And, uh, yeah, I just, I have an idea for it. I want to see, uh, what he, what you, what everybody thinks. So I'm gonna bring him on. Um, what's up, Xander? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having doing? me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Happy yeah, belated right. Father's Day, my friend. Yeah, same here, man. <laughs> Did the family um, give you the royal treatment? Yeah, my dude, my son got me a... Uh, the Tigers are coming here uh, to play the Rockies um, June 30th, July 1st, and 2nd, the, that weekend. Yeah. And we're going to the games, and my son got me a uh, Miguel Cabrera jersey. Oh, nice, nice. So, like, I, I don't buy myself stuff like that anymore, so it was kind of cool. He's got his own job. It was cool to have him. Yeah. You know, like, pull out, like, a leg- Like, you know, dude, when your kids are younger, they make you gifts, and they get you little tiny gifts. Right, and, right. And, I mean, it's cool, because that's the funnest stuff, is watching him make stuff, but it was cool to watch him spend his own money his own and get money. me something legit right. that, like, I would buy for myself. Right, right, Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, wow, that's a cool gift, man. Yeah, I still got a long ways to go with that. Yeah, but when, I mean, dude, the stages you're in, to be honest, are better. Yeah. It's better when they're making you, like, even if, not that my son ever did, but makes you a piece of crap or something. They're like, here, you know, but they're proud of it. So it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Nice job, man. That's That's awesome. But yeah, um, so uh hey what let me see who's in here what's up derek what's up aaron aaron i'm not late i was early it's still two minutes early still two minutes early bro Uh, what's up gary checker sucks yep they do they absolutely do what's up giggity yeah so um i have an idea for checker but um i want to know what you're going through because i what's annoying me the most there was well, let's. I, I want to see if, like, just on your own, you tell me what's going on. But there was one part of what happened with you that's like, this is part of the biggest problem to me. So, can you explain what you just went through with Checker? Yeah. So, pretty much about uh, three weeks ago, I was 
temporarily deactivated or my account was on hold, however you want to interpret it. Uh, my Both my Uber and Lyft, Lyft accounts were on hold, meaning I couldn't drive. Uh, at the same plan. time? At the same time, yes. Okay. Simultaneously, because they both gave me the notification that, hey, we're going to run your background. We just need your consent. Yep. And one day turned to two, two turned into five, and then eventually it was like I... I couldn't I couldn't log on and I got a hold of uh Lyft and Uber support and they were both giving me the runaround. It was like, no, well, we're just experiencing some uh delays with uh checker. And so at that point I was like, okay, well I guess I'll just have to let it go and just let them, you know, deal with it. And so in the meantime, I was just, you know, staying busy. You know, doing other apps, you know, like Curry, you know, Amazon Flex, uh, Roadie, you know, et cetera, those last mile apps. And eventually it started turning into a week, eventually two weeks. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Um, nothing is being resolved. And so I eventually got a hold of Uber and I said, hey, you know, how about if I, what if I run my own background check on myself? You know, because I told him, you know, I, I, I'm a full-time gig worker. You know, I need my, I need my accounts active. So I, I, I let them know, hey, what if I pick a company of my own? I run my own background. If I have to pay out of pocket, that's fine. I'll upload the the results to you, and you can clear me to drive again. They were giving me the runaround. No, you know, we we use Checker. You know, we have a, a deal with them. I think what they meant was they have a some kind of a like a handshake deal or probably a contract or something mm-hmm. where they're they're exclusive to them. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm out of luck there. So I just I let it go again and it wasn't until yesterday afternoon I didn't get any notifications, I didn't get any emails. Pretty did you, much now, did you did you opt in to get a copy of the checker report? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did because uh, what happened here's I'm kind of going forward a little bit here. Uh, yesterday morning, I was asked by Uber again to give consent to run my background, and I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was at about a little bit after three o'clock in the afternoon that I went back on my driver app and I checked and said background check completed i verified to see if i had all the platforms available uber x uber comfort i had all those i was good to drive i even went online i let the app run for a little bit to see if i was going to get any you know ride share incoming requests and yeah i I did i didn't i didn't do any rides i just wanted to check and yeah it seems like everything is back to normalcy at least with me yeah Yeah. but you got reactivated. You were, I mean, the checks, the both comp, both rideshare companies wanted the checker background on the same day. You couldn't work on the same day, yeah. but now you're reactivated on Uber, but not Lyft. Not Lyft. Yeah. So here's my here's my thing, with all the screw ups that are going on with Checker, and I'm talking about people I've talked to, Reddit's that I've been digging into, everything. There are some triggers that are making people fail Checker background checks if you've moved, especially with DoorDash right now. Um, people have to remember, um, I've been doing a lot of digging DoorDash for about a year and a half, did no background checks. 
Or if they did, it was because of suspicious activity, they might run one, but it wasn't everybody they onboarded. Now, this was a theory I had that this is how they took the mass part of the market was just by literally during the pandemic going, hey, man, it's just food. It's not people. Yeah, you're good to go. Just come on on. And I mean, how, I mean, why do we have to background check you if you're just delivering food? Why? Right. And I think that was their take. They've been put under major scrutiny as to why are you the, why are you one of the largest gig apps in the country? And in 26 countries, you're, you're in 26 countries now, but in here in the United States, you're one of the largest. Why are you the only, only company not running background checks on these people? Because we've had people in delivery die, cars stolen. I mean, we're now in a situation where, it's not just delivery anymore. We can't have you not running a background check. So mm-hmm. there's 5.1 or 5.2 million DoorDashers, many of them part-time, but it doesn't matter in this case. So after all these years, they're now required to make sure everybody has a background check. So now they have to do 5 million at, like at once kind of thing. I'm sure they have some like time appropriations and breaks because you can't just drop 5 million on checker. But here's some theories I have is, look, why is Checker taking so long? Because they just got 5 million people dropped on them at once, not the normal not like the waves normal. of people that they have to go through. But they also, like my friend Mac in Portland, he was told, you know, like, we've got all your information from mm-hmm. Idaho, you know, what? but where's your last three years? And the last three years are the only years he's worked on DoorDash. He lives in Portland now, Oregon. And um, he's uploaded a Portland ID. He's had three years of tax records sent to that address. They haven't moved. And yet the checker report came back with only information of Idaho and behind. It didn't have the three years that he lived in Portland. Yeah. And I don't know if that's... So he says he's he started when he got to Portland, but I'm, I'm now need to ask him if he's if he applied when he was in Idaho, because I don't know where that kind of confusion lies. But these kind of things going on, this is what I'm thinking now. I'm kind of along your wavelength. So Xander sent me a, when when you texted me that I about the doing it yourself. I was I had just been I mean, I think I talked about it on the audio podcast uh, like a week or so ago, and I had been actually like handwriting out ideas just kind of like what the hell dude because here's my thing it it should literally be like proof of insurance yeah that's how i view it like i with all the nastiness going on i'm going to tell you guys something that i know from para that i think it should make everybody be on board with this idea that xander threw at me and that yeah i'd been taught thinking of brown too was they charge two levels 35 dollars and $53 for background checks. It's not that much. Not that much. I mean, you're paying for crap. But here's what I would say. I would much, I would a thousand times rather pay for it myself. 35, yep. 53, yep. If that's what I got to pay, I don't care. I'd rather pay for it myself. And then if anything comes back wrong, I'm going to get it corrected with checker before I submit it clearly. Especially unless I'm in the wrong. I mean, if I did something wrong, okay, that's good. They caught it. But if I didn't, I'm going to get that crap corrected. I'm going to submit uh, electric bills or water bills or whatever they need to prove I've been a resident where I am or whatever the problem is. Because a lot of the problems are just, it's such a cheap background check. They're not doing a thorough job. And with a mass onslaught, they're not doing any kind of good job. Yeah. So, So here's the thing. 
why not just let us, I mean, let us opt if that's how you want to do it. But I would think the gig companies would be stoked for us to pay our own. And I think if you've ever onboard, I don't know if you've onboarded to freight, but I'm going to use freight as an example. With freight, you have to pay $30 to have the background check done before you can onboard. I just did the same thing with a task rabbit not that long ago. I paid Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there are some that have you do it. Yeah. That's great. Because you know what? I know that they're still going through checker and whatnot, but those reports never come back bad. And, 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 and even nowadays, you know, you have to pay, you have to pay to get your vehicle inspected if you want to continue driving for Uber and Lyft. So it's like, yeah, that's, why? there you go. Yeah. yeah. And you gotta, I mean, so look, why not? Like every six months I get a new proof of insurance card in the mail. And right around that time, Uber Lyft, they asked me to re-upload re my insurance. Your insurance is expired. Yeah. If I don't, they will take me off the platform. Yeah. Now, here's the here's one of the weird things about that, guys. You can get insurance, and I'm not recommending anybody do this because you would be screwed to the T. But you can get insurance, get a, a card issued, and cancel it the next day and get all of your money back minus one day. They have to refund you in full other than what the time you used is. So, like, you could do a scam like that and be driving with no... So, here's... As an independent contractor, why even upload the insurance? Because... We don't know. You might have did it just to pass the test, spent one tenth of six or one uh one one hundred and eightieth of seven hundred bucks for one day and then canceled and got the rest back. You might not have insurance. Who knows? You can give your car to other people with Uber Eats, but why not pay? I would much rather pay for I'd rather have my proof of insurance card, mm -hmm. my license, and I'd rather have a background check. I Check. that expires sick every six months and i have to pay for it that's fine because i know that that background check was done properly i've looked it through i agree yes they they did it correctly or i've appealed it and i've, I've fixed it so that i get the card now i'm just uploading the card to all the platforms yeah because here's my thing so you on the same day uber and lyft took you off you just had a checker background done now i know that uber paid for one and lyft paid for one but why the why the hell wouldn't you just, why the hell wouldn't both get them? It's your social security number. You just passed a check, a, a check. To me, you were deactivated on the same day. You should have been reactivated on the same day. Yeah. I mean, we have social security numbers. They have it at checker. They could easily just say, Hey, this social security, good to go. Now I know that it kind of goes against what their model is because they're supposed to perform a check every time somebody pays for one. But I would think they would come up with a thing that said like, hey, if one's been performed in the last 30 days, even if it's something as crazy as give the company back the money because he's good, that they would let the Uber one be used by Lyft or let it be split. Some I, I don't know the logistics. Of yeah, that portion, yeah, but what I'm saying is that why run like if I onboard to six apps today, why should I why should even those companies have to pay six background checks? Yeah. And why should I be taking up six checks on the queue, therefore making the queue way longer to get people off it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, you said something earlier about, I think you mm -hmm. said 5 million or something, 5 million applicants that they have to run a background. Well, let's be honest, you know, how many of those 5 yeah. million are actually repeated names so you have to factor that factor that in as well you know they'll be minimizing their workload yeah. a whole lot by just 
saying, okay, you know, Steve, he's running six apps. Okay, we can use that one background check to and apply it that he's good to go on all six apps. Xander, yep. he has five or whatever. The same thing, you know. But yeah, it's just I don't know. It it makes me so wonder. I, I I can understand it from the check I can understand it from the checker standpoint. They want six payments on six background checks for me. That makes sense. I mean <sighs> Yeah, hey, let's charge these six companies, and, and instead of fifty bucks, let's make three hundred on this. I mean, that makes sense. I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but it makes sense why they would want to do it. But look, in the federal agencies, and I'm talking anything that you might be doing with government, they only check every three months. I looked into this. Yeah, every three months they do a background check on you. How do I have to if I apply for Lyft and Uber today? Do I have to have a background check done today and one tomorrow? Because I don't even think I'm walking into the White House. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. dude, if you're only running it every 90 days on the White House personnel, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it just it just doesn't make any sense. I, I think that we're at a point where that is something that should be offered to us. And just and if 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 they're not sure they want to do it broadly to everybody, offer those of us veterans, offer everybody. Would you rather pay for your own check and then present it to us? Or would you just like us to run it? Because us veterans would go, I'll pay for it. We yeah. I know what can happen with that damn check. Yeah, because because, I would rather be yeah. able to fight my own battle if my check yeah. comes back wrong. Yeah, because we've been around the blog longer than probably than anyone else. And so that was also another thing that was going on in my head. You know, are these apps you know, pulling a scheme where, you know, they're trying to get rid of the veterans, you know, because we know already how the the operation and their algorithms supposedly work. So, you know, I was thinking about that too, you know. Yeah. But I guess that's not the Yeah, case. I mean, it's, to me, well, I mean, again, like I see JP saying that's how Checker makes its money. Yeah, of course, that's what I, that's what I was just saying too. But there's got to be, I mean, if it's not Checker then, have the, dude, Gary Middleton's in here. Gary, create an app that does a background check for 60 bucks and that applies to all the apps and we carry a card. Yeah. Because you know what? Then if I can go do that and we can like, I mean, I know legal rideshare and a couple other legal places around the country, they deal with this kind of stuff. I would love to get something going to them like, hey, why can't I do my own since these screw up all the time? Yeah. Because they might be able to help with like not legislation, but a kick in the ass to these gig apps like Dude, why can't they run their own background checks? It saves you money, and this is getting ridiculous how many are wrong. Yeah. Because this way, the people have a right to appeal it with Checker before. Because, I mean, let's be honest. DoorDash wants everything into the AI matrix. They want to be able to say, we don't know why you were terminated because we're fully AI now. The And, and we can all agree, once AI is launched, there's no going back. I mean, even the people who created it can't determine necessarily everything it's done. That's the point of it. Artificial intelligence. I mean, let's be honest. That's the point of it. So they want to deploy this on DoorDash and they want Checker because then they can in this whole mess go, I, had, I don't know why you were deactivated. And they're being honest. I don't know why you were deactivated. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I'm uh um, I, I think that we all need that. I think that we all need the, the, um, right to appeal, but I think that we all need the right to be able to do this ourselves. I mean, why, why not? Why wouldn't we, 
you know, I would, I would much rather pay the money every six months. I think Xander's frozen or else I am. Hopefully it's Xander because I'm going to remove him and see if he comes back in. All right. He unfreezes. Xander unfreezing. I'll bring you back in. <laughs> um, but yeah, why wouldn't we pay for this? I think everybody here would rather pay for this. Um, I see Brian's in here. I'll pay because that's another deduction. Yeah, exactly. So it's a deduction, but also I'd pay twice as much to have it done right. And if it's wrong, be able to challenge it and contest it because I don't want, because these gig companies aren't going to challenge or contest it. They get a, if they get a false read back from checker, you're done. You're done. That's it. Um, but yeah, that being said, uh, that, you know, guys, that, that was the checker piece of this. Um, and before jumping into any last mile stuff, because uh, I'm going to, we did a piece, We pl I played a video on the last Driver Nation, and I'm going to play it here for, this will be the last time I play it, but in case you missed it, I think everybody needs to watch this. I will stop it at, at a certain point, but um, everybody needs to hear this and, and hear it solidly, because there is a huge battle right now about um, the labor secretary, and it's a bigger deal than all of you know. So um, I'm going to play this piece and then we'll come out. We'll talk about some last mile. Don't go anywhere though, because if you don't watch this, um, well, then you're not, I'm not going to say you're part of the problem, but you're not part of the solution because we all need to be aware how much the person that they're looking to put in charge of the labor in this country, when it, when the new rule change goes into effect October 1st, they still don't have her approved and it's Biden's pick. It's sec it, it's it's nominee secretary of labor uh labor uh, uh sue and she is not fit for this job and you're gonna hear it here in how it is described how she just lies openly now realize that the comments that you're about to hear are from when she was in California okay so when she was in California and in during the pandemic in charge. I will hit on something that when it gets to there, this is where I will cut it off. But she lost the state of California $32 billion. It was 28, it was 40, and they worked on this number for a while. They've all they've got it to where all sides agree 32 billion was lost. She is about 80% at fault for this problem, at least after at least 20% of that amount. Because at that point, she had the ability to shut the system down. And because of this, pandemic pay got either canceled, delayed, or just deleted. So people who needed it did not get it, but it got scammed out of the state. And this is who we want to put in charge of labor. Okay. But listen to the other remarks going in on how she's voted on things and her answers. And I'll be right back. Don't go. Watch. Mr. Speaker, I'd like to take a moment to discuss a hearing that was held last week by the House uh, Education and Workforce Committee, uh, where Acting Secretary of Labor, uh, Julie Sue, uh, testified as a witness. Now, uh, as background, uh, Ms. Sue, of course, has been nominated uh, by President Biden uh, to be Secretary of Labor. Uh, she's been in that role in only an acting capacity now uh, for several months, and the nomination has been stalled for those months. In fact, the Biden administration, as being reported by Bloomberg, has now set up a nightly war room to try to advance Sue's nomination. But there is a reason that the nomination has remained stalled, and that is because she is exactly the wrong person 
for the job. And the testimony that she gave at last week's hearing before the Education and Workforce Committee uh, was evasive, non-responsive, and in some cases outright dishonest in a way that provided further confirmation that she should not be the next Secretary of Labor of the United States. For starters, the hearing almost didn't happen because Acting Secretary Sue tried to cancel at the last moment. Chair uh, Virginia Fox began the hearing uh, as follows. She said to Ms. Sue, you've been a hard witness to schedule. The committee began working with the department to secure your in-person testimony beginning in March. When you would not appear in May, we honored your request to appear in June using a day June 7th that was offered by your staff and to which you agreed. So, Chair Fox continued, why is it that on a late Friday evening, following the committee's public posting of the hearing a week ago, your staff told us that you were, quote, no longer able to make June 7th work? The only reason Acting Secretary Sue did appear before the committee is that the committee uh, was going to resort to a subpoena to get her there otherwise. That was the first major issue uh, with Ms. Sue's performance at this hearing, but there were several others. First was her response on the topic of Proposition 22, which was a major uh, labor initiative passed by California voters less than three years ago in 2020. Now, Ms. Sue was California's Secretary of Labor at the time. She would have been substantially affected by whether this initiative passed uh, or failed. Uh, it ended up passing. California voters overwhelmingly chose uh, to allow uh, companies like Uber and Lyft and DoorDash to continue to use uh, independent contractors uh, and thereby allowing them to stay in California. And when I asked Ms. Sue how she herself voted as a California voter on Prop 22, she answered as follows. She said, how did I vote on Prop 22? I don't remember how I voted on that. Now, Mr. Speaker, this utterly exceeds all bounds of plausibility, that the Secretary of Labor for our state would not remember how she voted on this major labor initiative less than three years ago. So I think it's fairly safe to conclude that this was a false statement that Ms. Suda made to our committee. And just to be fair, I gave her several opportunities to correct her statement on that later in the hearing and she still did not retract it. That is her testimony on the record that she does not remember how she voted on this major labor initiative while she was California's Secretary of Labor. Second was her testimony with respect to AB5. Now AB5 is a law that has made it virtually impossible for countless uh, professionals in California uh, to continue their careers. It has uh, essentially abolished independent contracting in hundreds of professions uh, and has been widely condemned uh, across the partisan spectrum. Now, Ms. Sue has been called an architect of that law, AB5. As California Secretary of Labor, she was the one who enforced it, and she did so in the most aggressive, ruthless, broadest way possible to ensnare as many people as possible. After the law passed, she was on the record celebrating its passage. So you would think she'd have a pretty good answer when I asked her whether she thought AB5 was a good law. But after I asked that, here's what she said. She said, quote, I don't know what I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Tell me what, give me a little bit more on what you mean by that. I took several other opportunities to ask her whether she thought AB5 was a good law each and every time she refused to answer. 
I also asked Ms. Sue whether she was involved in the drafting of AB5, and she responded simply, no. However, she then contradicted herself later in the hearing when my colleague Mr. Burleson asked her about her involvement. She said that, oh yes, she did in fact provide technical assistance. When I asked Ms. Sue whether she was aware that people have lost their livelihoods in California because of this law, AB5, she said, I have heard from people who have said that. She reiterated that exact language again. I've heard people who said that. I've heard people who said something different too. I've had people tell me that, she said. Refusing each time to recognize the legitimacy of these claims, refusing to recognize that we've had countless people who have lost their livelihoods in California. And it was no less than two days after that hearing that we got yet another example of this. When the city of Los Angeles announced that it was having to terminate a contract with almost 100 truckers for a road repair program that had been around for around 130 years, and the Department of Public Works in the city of Los Angeles specifically cited AB5 as the reason it was canceling that contract. There are countless examples like this, and yet the most that Ms. Sue is willing to say is, I have heard from people who have said that. Next, I asked Ms. Sue about her role with the massive $32 billion at a minimum uh, unemployment fraud that occurred in California on her watch. I asked her several times, do you take any responsibility for that fraud? She evaded the question several times before finally saying, yes, I do take responsibility to the fact the system did not deliver in ways that we would have hoped that it, would, that it delivered. I then asked her several times what she would have done differently what she's learned if she could do it all over again. And she could not name a single thing that she would have done differently to prevent this $32 billion unemployment fraud, even though the independent state auditor and leading Democrat lawmakers in California have blamed her specifically for the fraud. I also asked Ms. Sue. You guys, that goes on. I will put a link to that in the show notes here after we are done today. Um, it is, it only goes on about another five minutes, but it is ridiculous. There's another one out that I will put in the show notes out too. that came. That was from last week. There was one that came out either Friday or Monday. I would need to look, but I'll put it in the link as well. Cause you guys should watch it. Um, they are tearing her apart. She has no right running anything. She, she ran California into the ground and now we want her to run labor for the country. Just so you know, the ABC test, the three-pronged test, which determines if we are independent contractors or not in California, was turned into a six-pronged test for the for uh, the PRO Act. The PRO Act will not probably pass. PRO Act has been dismantled many times, but they've dismantled it and shoved through pieces. So pieces of it are appearing to help states that want to gain legislation in that way. So what is out there is helping some states accomplish their goal. However, the PRO Act as a whole will not happen. So the ABC test was turned into a six-pronged test by the PRO Act. Julie, when, when Walsh, by the way, the, act, the Secretary of Labor who was elected left his post to become um, the union representative for the National Hockey League. I know it's weird, but guess what? It pays about 10 times as much as he was making in government job. So he did that, of course. Plus, why not get out of this dirty political 
scumdrum that has occurred. Um, uh, so the uh, Julie Sue is now um, she has to be elected before October 1st. They have to get her through. If they do, she has pushed for the six prong test to become an eight prong test. Eight. What she did was took the six prongs, which was made it made it as difficult as the ABC test in California, but would be used nationwide, the six prongs. But it's also harder to understand the six prongs. Like when you read them, you're like, what? I mean, they're very, they're very like read into them type questions, which would mean they're very read into them type answers. So it's almost like it would be on a case by case basis. But what she did was added two more prongs. The eighth prong, the eighth prong basically says no independent contractor ship shall be allowed at all, period. Don't care. It basically says, well, you're going to shoot down. Do you make money? And not get a W-2 paycheck, then you can't be an independent contractor, which is like, contradict. it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But if you guys, we all are worried about the earnings on DoorDash, the earnings on this. Where are they going? What's going on? The biggest picture going on is this. Because if this happens, if Julie Sue gets elected, she will push. Will it end the gig economy? No. But will it alter it in a way where right where you'll think that right now you are killing it in your earnings? Yes. And I think that all of us can agree there has been a major slow. So if you're, if you like, if you think right now you're, you're like, I am earning as good as I ever have. Cool. If, if you think that you're down a little bit, this will be much worse if she gets elected. Not, I can promise you. She will also end independent contractorship for many fields that will not become W2 fields. Same thing that happened in California, which will put many more people in the gig economy, which will oversaturate it even more than before. So what do we do? You get loud about it. And anytime Julie Sue or anybody affiliated with Julie Sue comes up, bring it up. If you have a channel, make a post, make a short, make a video. This stuff is getting seen and it needs to be seen. And there are people on both sides of the aisle trying to get her out while there are where while there are some of the heaviest hitters trying to push her through at all costs even if it means buying votes and everything that they do when things get scummy and we're getting to that point i know october seems like a stone's throw off but we're getting to that point guys and i gotta say this um i know this hasn't been really a last last mile episode it is episode 11 um and i'm um, for that i'm gonna say you know like hey guys just stay tuned because Every week I'm going to do this. The, it'll be an hour unless I have a guest. But this week was more because last week I missed. Um, I was working. But uh, the the last thing I want to talk about um, this week is the August 5th event that we are doing here in Denver. You guys, this is turning into a bigger event on August 5th than we had thought. The August 5th event will be at Wash Park Grill in Denver, Colorado from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. It's a Saturday. Um, Stephanie Vigil will be there. She is the house member who wrote the legislation that got shot down by its own party here in Colorado. We will have a couple people of the Seattle board who helped pass through their wage rate on active time. Um, they are actually the two people who wrote the bill. And another thing before I move on past Julie Sue, 
and I'll come back to this in just a second. One more thing about Julie Sue, when she told, said on the record that she was not aware of the drafting of AB5, I have a recording way back when with Vina Dubal, professor of University of California Hastings Law. law. Um, she's the professor of law there. And she is a big advocate for workers' rights. She is hard on the left, but on the audio podcast, I always have on guests who are on all sides of the spectrum. And that's how we get through things is by talking about it from all directions. You can't just have on people you know and friends and stuff all the time and think that that's a good way to have a conversation. You've got to talk to the other side. Not everybody's able to do this. It's a difficult thing. But I had her on and in there, she was a drafter of the bill. Vina Dubal, Professor uh, Vina Dubal in California. Julie Sue was involved in all of the drafting sessions. So she lied to Congress on three counts on that day. And that's last week. Again, I will put, I'll, I'll find all of the direct links. I'll put them in the show notes because you guys should get aware. Now back to the August 5th event. August 5th will be at Wash Park Grill in Denver, Colorado, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So obviously, if you're in Denver, it's going to be a moment. Um, Stephanie will be there. It's going to be a town hall. We're going to have the people from Seattle. We're going to have the Denver Post. We're going to have Nine News. Um, Sergio Avedian um, is going to try to come in for the weekend because GigCon is the day before. But he will be here for the 5th, for sure. For sure. So well, so Sergio will be here. Um, I know Gary will be here. There, There's going to be tons of people. Pedro, Hannibal, all the people that will be here. But we're even some people now, David and I, David Pickerel will be here from Para as well. But David and I are pulling in other CEOs and other people. And we're even looking at getting um, people like the AG who um, the attorney general from Washington, D.C., who recently uh, uh, left left his position or was, you know, there was another person voted in, um, but who was the same one who filed lawsuits on shipped and um walmart why did he do that on shipped and walmart compared to all these other states who go after doordash and uber and whatnot because he's smart because shipped and walmart that shipped is is target walmart's walmart he went after the two companies that actually make money so we're looking at having him out here we're looking at having everybody out here and because it's a town hall all walks of life are invited both sides of the aisle, everything. We want everybody's opinion. Um, Curry. Curry. Now, this is where a little last mile, at least, will come into play. Curry will be there. I've talked to Alice, who lives here in Colorado. There are two other high ups, making three total for Curry, who will all be at the event because Curry has always been a completely transparent platform, which is all we can ask for. Be honest. And, and not only that, they pay well. But Curry is completely transparent. So on the orders that don't pay well, at least you see it all. This, this distance, there's never a hidden detail. If anything, see Josh B in the chat. Um, if anything, Josh can attest to this too. Curry's always looking for new ways to add more stuff for us. Do you guys want to see more? Do you want time? Do you want? They're literally, I mean, I've had to tell them, dude, just don't clutter it too much, you know, because I do sessions with them where I kind of we go through the app and the the changes and I'm like, you know, don't put too much in there because there's some stuff. It's like they're looking to add. I mean, they they keep hearing about me talking about transparency and they're like, dude, we are transparent. I'm like, you already are. Yes, yes, yes. But they keep wanting to add more. They want to make sure that they are transparent. They are one of the cleanest companies that I know of all gig apps. 
And then as well, the other company that will be there is Dumpling because Dumpling is, whether or not you guys like it or what you think of it, Dumpling is a run your own business, get your own clients. They do have a marketplace where people can find your profile by your zip code and whichever others you list, but it is find your own clients pretty much. And then word of mouth leads to other things. I've been doing Dumpling for a while now. I love it. I wish I had more clients and I'm going to be trying to make the time to find more clients because my Dumpling clients are legit. I mean, they pay me awesome. I just need more of them, <laughs> you know, because I'm trying to become not reliant on these apps. However, I love Curry. <laughs> I, I, I love Curry. I do. I love some of the other last mile apps. I love some of the last mile websites. I've been really, look, I can't even compare the money I make on these last mile sites to DoorDash, Uber Eats, Rideshare. It's not even comparable. It's two to three times the type of pay for doing moving, moving product. There are, there are B to, with Curry, it's B2B primarily. With, um, you know, with Rody or some of the others, it's B2C. And with like a freight, it's B2B primarily, but can be B2C. And so there's like, and that's business to consumer, business to business for those that don't know. But they, that's all, I mean, this is all very professional, you know, like you go in and, and, and it's people who want to help you. You're getting a job done. Yes, sometimes there's some lifting involved. Um, it tells you when there is, you know, and that all that pay pays off. This is why we do these apps, guys, because DoorDash is paying a $2 base pay around the country. I'd much rather, I'd much rather have the Curry app on and wait for an hour for a good Curry order than work for three hours straight on DoorDash to make half of what I'm going to make on that one Curry order. Fact. Fact. Because DoorDash has never paid worse ever. And I'm not talking my market anymore. And uh, yes, we know it's market to market, but I'm talking, I am in touch with, you know, at least 20 different states, big and little cities and many of them. And I'm in touch with the drivers and they're all saying the same thing universally right now. DoorDash is at its all time low. DoorDash is doing crazy deactivations. So Look at guys, why should we be doing the last mile apps? Because it's where the money is, okay? If anything, we all should have seen the tipping point coming for food. I've been talking about this on the audio podcast for a while. Look, in the pandemic, it was necessary. I mean, you guys were like the same as essential workers and first responders. So was I. So look, you know, like why were we getting $100 tips in the pandemic? Because people were afraid to leave their house for a while. I mean, for, and I'm talking, we're not talking a week, we're talking months. And then it was masking and social distancing and this and this and this and this and this. Okay, well, you scared the hell out of people. And I get it. You know, there's some rhyme and reason there, but nonetheless, you scared the hell out of people, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that uh, we need to realize that tipping point has happened. It's happened. Um, there is going to be, more saturation than ever on the apps and there is going to be way less orders on the apps this is proven right now in the lift scenario lift is trying some major things but lift has no customers if you don't have customers there's nothing there for the drivers 
This is the same reason every rideshare company that start startup rideshare company in this country that starts, including the three that have tried in Austin, even when Uber and Lyft got kicked out of Austin, there was one rideshare startup that was in there. It should have been crushing it for that short time when Uber and Lyft were gone. It didn't. And when Uber and Lyft came back, they undercut them out of business in weeks. The only chance of standing up to Uber is Lyft making it and Lyft is not making it. And it has no signs of life right now. They are making some changes for the better. You keep we, I keep getting stories and st such, and I share them on rideshareradio.com. But there is no sign of this changing. There is no sign of, of, um, you know, Uber's just waiting, guys. Let's put it that way. Uber's just waiting for these other companies or for Lyft to go down, because when they do, they have the monopoly for life. I mean, unless Apple, Tesla, or Amazon were to start a rideshare company up. And I've heard people say, well, maybe Amazon will acquire Lyft or maybe Amazon's not going to acquire Lyft guys. They're not going to take on the, the problems of, of a dispatch system. And that, and let's be honest, that's all it is. They call Uber ca calls itself a technology company when the, when it's in the room, when it's in a room of people that need to hear it's a technology company, and when it's in a room of people that need to hear it's just a dispatch company, they call themselves an SaaS, Software as a Service. So they just juggle the words around, but really, let's just call it what it is. It's, a, it's taxi service where you use your own car and it dispatches rides to you. That's all it is, is a dispatch app with a major, major, major database of customers. That's all they are. If they lost their database of half of their database of customers or whatever that had never been turned on to Uber, there would still be a fighting chance for another company to make it in this country. But there's not. So if you can't make Denver on August 5th for this event, don't worry, it will be streamed. Also, I am inviting other channels. Like I told Sergio, I want him streaming for the rideshare guy. I want me streaming. I want other people streaming. I want this streamed everywhere, this town hall. Because since the pandemic, we have not all come together with politicians, union members, because remember, now when I talked to Sergio, he pointed out, make sure you invite both sides. I said, I am. He said, but really do. Invite everybody. I said, listen, Sergio, if they're willing to walk in the door and talk, they're welcome to come in. Because Again, like I said about the audio podcast, we don't get anywhere until we talk to both sides. If for me to have all people that agree with me in a room and go, yeah, yeah, okay. So what? Cool. Nothing's going to happen. Awesome. If we have people from all sides and media, which we've already acquired, Stephanie has a great connection at the Denver Post. I have another one. We have both of them coming. So we have two Denver Post reporters coming who are very interested in what happened here in Colorado with Colorado Bill. You guys can look it up or I'll put it in the show notes as well with those videos. It's uh, Colorado Bill um, SB 23-098. That bill was shot down by its own party the day of the vote on the floor because that the two party members who jumped ship, who had, who had pledged their allegiance to this bill, showed up that day for the for the floor vote but before it got there they told the party they had to they were changing their vote and that they didn't want this to pass now SB 23 
0.098 was strictly a bill. It did not have money. It said in Colorado, all it, it was going after DoorDash, but it said all Door, DoorDash and then it was going to be all apps. All apps need to be completely transparent. Show the full pay, distance, what you're picking up, everything, as an independent contractor should see. And the only other thing in there was the right to repeal wrongful deactivation, meaning the right to challenge it or at least get an answer. Because let's be honest, DoorDash is 100% AI run now, and that's how they've wanted it the whole time. They've wanted the whole platform to be run by AI so that no human is accountable. Without human accountability, we are not in any position in this country to do audits on AI. They can't run statistics on their own AI because AI is exactly that, artificial intelligence that's inserted into a system, told to perform a task, but to also evolve. So if it's going to evolve, but we can't track that evolution, who knows what it's doing? And who knows what the criteria it makes up is for whether or not it's going to kick you off the platform. Recently, I had a discussion and I put the whole double piece up on my channel. Um, you can find it here on the Rideshare Rodeo channel about DoorDash deactivations, part one and two. In the first part, it's Mac and I. In the second part, it's David Pickerel, me, Mac, and Nova. Nova and Mac were deactivated. Nova's not sure why he was deactivated. It could have been one of two reasons that he knows of. One was that he was deactivated because of a background check that was done two weeks before the deactivation. And then the deactivation was on a Monday or a Tuesday, but the, the, the Sunday prior, so two days prior, he had delivered a dildo. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up, guys. Marco said it himself in the, in the thing. <laughs> delivered a dildo, and he thinks he got a um he he thinks he got a uh um contract violation for that delivery for whatever reason he didn't think he did anything wrong but he said he only did two deliveries that day and the deactivation came after that day now i don't know maybe it was from the day before but it sounded to me like he felt pretty sure like maybe checker maybe this one delivery he knew but his stats were ridiculous Twenty one thousand plus completed deliveries on doordash alone 4.99 um uh, completion rate was, you know, like, I can't even remember, 98% with 21,000. I know it's on, based on the last 100. Um, but only one contract violation in the last 100. And he was deactivated two days after the last day he dashed. So why the last mile lapse? If you have to ask, you might not be ready to step into the light. <laughs> but... If you're starting to get what I'm saying, these last mile apps are more on the line. They want a job done. They want it done right. If you've recently got on to Curry or if you're on the waiting list, get on the waiting list of the other apps too. Get on Freight. Get on Bungie. Get, and I'm not saying which ones are good and bad. I've talked about them on other ones before. And next week, we're going to have a doozy of a last mile episode. I won't tell you guys what's going to happen. But it's going to be a full episode just on last mile. I know today strayed, but I needed to because these things are very important. And I feel like the timing was right to this because we've been talking about a lot of DoorDash. And I wanted to kind of put what I had out on the table regarding this and then put it to rest for now anyway, till we see the next steps. But that's what we know right now. 
those pieces are not aligning good for the gig workers. And Julie Sue would be the nail in the coffin. That said, um, I'm going to call this week. And I know, a smile. But guess what? We'll be back next week. And next week's going to be all last mile. We're going to talk about how to earn. We're going to talk about the different apps. And I'm even going to talk about Metrobi, which I missed their onboarding session, which came to me, you guys, it came to me in a text. Okay. It's really weird. I got to tell you about this and then I will sign off. But Metrobi said, uh, they text me out of nowhere. Uh, we've had the CEO of Metrobi on the podcast and on this channel before. Um, but I got a text saying, hey, there's a Metrobi onboarding thing. Because at first I got a thing saying you're on the wait list kind of thing. Then it said, hey, there's a Metrobi uh, thing today at noon. Tap here to join. Well, I was doing a curry run. I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I didn't. But I, re I emailed them and said, hey, I missed that. Can I get into the next one? Thinking I was screwed and put back into the mix. And they said, absolutely. So I'm on one for next Monday. So next Monday, I will have a online onboarding, I guess they call it which is going to be interesting because I'm going to talk to you guys about that. Metrobi is here in this market now, so I'm excited. Um, but yeah, so I'll tell you what this onboarding is because checker background checks, onboarding, all this needs to change. But in the meantime, if you're not making money on food delivery right now and you're not making money on the other apps, maybe you're starting to see what I'm talking about with this last mile stuff. And if your eyes are open to this and you're willing to step outside of the comfort zone just a little bit, and realize that as look as gig geezer has said on here and as i've said myself mileage is an independent contractor's best friend we've talked about it before and i will i will tell you what i mean by that next week again and we will also get into the deets of these apps and which ones i like which ones i don't like it will be specific for my market and then we're going to talk to a couple other markets too and i'm hoping my friend dana from boston joins me um, as, as well as some other people. I'm going to see if we can't make a couple other people in this too, but I already have two lined up. I've been looking for about a five-person panel because I have a very specific uh, few topics I want to hit on next week. That said, um, uh, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for being part of The Last Mile and don't miss it. It's every Wednesday. Um, that being said, that might change and, the, and it's kind of a bittersweet reason. If you guys watched on Friday, we did our final Driver Nation. Um, every Thursday, we do the roundtable every Thursday night. So join us for that tomorrow. But on every Friday, we do Driver Nation. And so it was a sad last Friday for Gary, me, and Tom. Um, but, you know, it's a bittersweet ending on a high note. But what I'm thinking about doing is potentially moving last mile to Tuesday afternoon um, because then it would drop Tuesday and allow a day in between before Thursday. Um, sometimes when I drop back-to-back -back lives, uh, they get buried and you might miss one. Um, but since Driver Nation's gone, Tuesday and Thursday seems like a better spread. And then I'm going to be working on cutting some short videos out of things that I've done and making some new ones. Um, as well as, it, for everybody that doesn't know, um, Gary Middleton will be out here. Uh, we have a vacation planned with the driven so tony lisa marissa me gary and donna are all heading up to the hills um in, in the end of july uh and then um you know then there's gig con and, and then the saturday event which is going to be huge you guys huge 
Um, so again, you'll be able to watch the event from home, from your car while working. But if you have the chance to get out here or if you are near the Denver metro area, if you're coming for GigCon, make sure that you stay Saturday afternoon. By the way, if you come Saturday, you'll be fed and you'll and we'll get some drinks to you. It's at a very nice upscale bar and very good restaurant. Um, not to try and entice you, but I'm going to try and entice you, you know, because we need you to be there. We need some power, but at the same time, we've got a lot of big hitters coming. But I'm encouraging all gig workers in the know to please come. Um, so that said, we will keep updating you on that. All the details, every piece of detail for the whole day on Saturday the 5th will be outlined by early next week. Let's just say by the time I do this show next week, it will be done. And then in July, this might move to Tuesday, but at least for, what is it? Yeah, so next week might be the final Wednesday, but then it'll be on Tuesday. No harm, no foul. Until then, you guys, take care. Be good to each other. Um, be, ve be very safe and earn smart. And we'll see you back here tomorrow night on Roundtable. Peace.